sound of sensation across the nation. Listen to Radio Goodies. Boom. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm Richard. I'm Rob. And welcome to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, episode 35, looking at The Race, which was first broadcast on the 12th of January, 1974, a Saturday at 6.45pm. Rob, what did you think of this one? I really enjoyed it. I think the spot all the stereotypes that you get during it, this is one that I have strong memories of watching when I was a child, and um, I think... There's a lot of good stuff in this, so the chase sequence at the end is, is quite amusing with the can-can, and uh, overall, I think it's a really strong episode. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. It was certainly a lot better than I remembered it being. The first half was, I think, the stronger for me, and I thought it tapered off where you started to enjoy it with the race, but we'll explore that as we get on. But yeah, there's a lot of good, funny stuff in here. Richard, how about you? No, I really enjoyed it as well. It's one I've always probably had a bit of a soft spot for. Again, it was one, as we always say, on high rotation on the ABC, I thought it still held up really well. Sure. Well, let's get into it then. It starts off with them, and I hadn't remembered this, but it actually is entirely set in France, mm. uh, to the point that their well, offices well, relocated to France. Yes, they, they were trying to get to Skegness, I think. But, yes. Um... <laughs> and they accidentally become part of the Tour de France and win it. Yes. Very down market Tour de France, but yes. <laughs> yes, in an area that looks nothing like any part of France that I know. But... <laughs> or I was about to say a BBC budget Tour de France. <laughs> We're in the grounds, isn't it, BBC? <laughs> but that does make for a very strong, quite funny opening. And it then leads to them going back to their office, which has now relocated to France. And they're talking about their holiday. And yes, I thought we were trying to get Skegness. But Graham has now got the racing bug and <laughs> decides that... Now they've won the Tour de France, that's their ticket to enter a whole lot of other races. Yes, the other two really, I think, just want a holiday, but he's now decided they can make rake up a heap more cash while they're over there. Yes, uh, there is a good joke in there and a, a very relevant one for uh, today, which him has the line, now that the common market countries have joined joined the empire. Yes, have been allowed to <laughs> been join Been allowed the to join the empire, that's right. We then get Graham going on to start booking himself into various races, which includes a very long telephone conversation in French, in which he's trying to translate Le Goodies as La Bonbon. <laughs> and he does it. Ah, hoi, hoi. It's a nice mishmash of, I suppose, pigeon French and English. It is. There is a bit there in there which he says a couple of slightly offensive things to the guy on the other end of the phone. There's a pause, and then he says back in French, and the same to you. <laughs> so there is actually some accurate French in there and some pigeon French in there, which all together makes for quite a funny scene, and of course it's all done by Graham in various different accents and, and voices. But it did seem odd to me that they suddenly were in France, like the office was in France. Yes, well, I suppose the office is relocatable, so clearly... It's a long, it's a long bike ride. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it is, although it does then make it slightly weird that it's a big deal that their office can move later on in the episode, but that's okay. Well, I, I suppose initially they work by towing it, and at this point it's actually been fitted with its own propulsion system, <laughs> I, I suppose. Yeah, I, I did make the note there, just speaking of that, that uh, and, and again, the continuity really is meaningless in a show like The Goodies, but uh, having been able to drive quite competently, I think, in snooze, uh, t- none of them now have licences. No. 
there's, of course, the gag that Graham was trying to book them into what he thought was a cycling event, but in fact booked them into the Le Mans 24-hour race, <laughs> which I know from watching various segments on Top Gear was at this point in history actually becoming quite a big deal, and this was the point where the various companies were just, I actually don't care what it costs, go and win me Le Mans. <laughs> so it, it was getting quite relevant at the time. We then get into one of the, I think, really good sequences of the episode, which is the teaching Tim to drive. Rob, what did you think of this? I think it's one of those, it's a classic example of a simple idea done really well. And it's, it's clever, it's inventive, and it's, it's just funny. It's just funny. It is. I mean, it starts off with Graham telling Bill to get on the floor, and he says, oh, I didn't know you cared. <laughs> <laughs> Having asked him to go and get a, a wooden spoon, a mirror, and a plate. <laughs> the inventiveness of it, with Graham down there, this is the accelerator, this is the brake, and yeah. that means this is the clutch. Yes. <laughs> which, of course, Matt doesn't make sense, because the clutch is to the left, not the centre, but that's okay. But anyway. Anyway. <laughs> There is a Jimmy Savile. Yes, a, a tangential Jimmy Savile reference, maybe. Yes, in, in here where they do the clunk click, which is uh, taken from his ad on, on seatbelt safety. Uh, yes, and at this point you also get that example, and we touched on this as well in the Stone Age, where Graham is doing a monologue and Tim's sort of making the silly comments in there. This time I think it's done a lot better, though, because you get stuff like, you know, the clutch is depressed, oh, poor clutch. And then, but Graham actually does call him up and slap him on it. Yeah. And then he does it the second time and Tim just just holds out his hand, waiting for the slap. Uh, which was good. One of my favourite jokes in there. Can you recognise this? Yes, it's a road sign. Good. <laughs> no, I thought that was a really well done little sequence. And the thing that actually, I think, probably topped it off was where Tim goes and passes his driving test. Yes. They've still got the same setup with the two seats and Bill lying on the ground. And they drive off. Yeah, and that, I must admit, that is a really well done... How yes. do they do that? Well, he's obviously lying on something that I guess he'd been towed. Yeah. There's a metal bar running yes. from the seats and goes under Bill, so he's obviously lying on a pad or something, But and they're obviously being towed. But even so, that's still a fairly dangerous stunt. It is a very, very good gag, though. Very yes. well done. Very much. Now, at this point, they... And decide they have to actually build a car. Now they need something for Tim to drive. They build their, in inverted commas, car, which Graham, of course, calls a technological marvel. It's, it's nothing like the blueprint. It's certainly not built for speed, that's for sure. No, <laughs> no it'd be intriguing to see actually what would happen if they really had got it going for any length of time. <laughs> and, of course, look, they get to do the jokes. They, they start the engine and, of course, Bill's still inside the bonnet. Yes. Uh, they do the Italian made and, of course, bring out the French made. Yes. yes. We get to see the BBC phone machine in action. Yes. yes. I suppose there's also the, there's the joke. Listen to that engine purr. <laughs> yes. And then, of course, open it up, get the cat out, swing it, and then throw it. We all love animal cruelty. <laughs> it's like fake animal cruelty. Yes. yes, yes. No, look, again, some funny stuff in there that just moves the plot along. But then they actually get to the... Is it, now, is it the trials for the race first? Yes, Is, is, is that so. what they're doing when they're all being sabotaged? Yeah, because they announce the field. So, of course, they turn up, we have the car, we have the American car with the big bullhorns on the front. Yes. And then you have the, the Spanish car, which is what I'm guessing is a Salvador Dali moustache, I think, is meant to be on the, on the front of the Spanish yeah, car. Yeah, that, that's what I took it to be. Yeah, the Japanese guy in his tiny little miniaturised car with the ever-leady battery. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, of course, the, the goodies entry. And in, in comes Baron of Beef. Yes, played by Bill Weston. Now, we always talk about the guest cast credits. I reckon this guy's got the best of the lot. Here's just a sample. 
Doctor Who, Blake 7, Red Dwarf, Star Wars, 2001, Bond, Superman, Titanic, and Batman Begins. So that, that, and that's just his genre credits. That's right. Well, in fact, all of his movie credits are as just a stuntman. And in television, because obviously cheaper, he gets to be a character for sort of two lines and then do the stunt. And basically, as he's you know doing here, it's a character without a lot of dialogue, but he gets to play it and do the stunts as well. The driving in that he does in this is really, really well done. Yeah. When he's climbing out of the car and climbing... That, that I thought, was, was exceptionally well done. Yeah, very, very good. And he plays the role really well, that sort of sinister... Moustache-twirling bad guy. Yeah, yeah. It, it was very sort of catch-the-pigeon cartoon baddie sort of thing, I thought. Yeah, very much. And he sabotages the car. <laughs> good, he's a little bit bit dumb here yeah probably i mean look it's, it's obviously shot so they just have to be conveniently looking the other way yes. but given the fact there's sound effects over it we're clearly knocking pieces off the car mm. which i guess is part of the joke i suppose the really obvious one is where the japanese guy is actually sitting in the car and he like goes at the front of the car and drops the match into the fuel tank yeah. now a point here i think we're going to disagree on richard i found the motor car song that goes over a lot of this episode actually got quite annoying quite quickly but i believe you quite like it I thought it was quite catchy, and look, I suppose it does the thing. Let's face it, we all remember it. No, no, I didn't. I didn't like it. You don't don't remember it at all? No. No? Rob, what about you? I'm by madness. (laughs) Motorway madness. (laughs) You've got the casting vote, Rob. What did you think? I I liked it. Okay, I'm in the the mind already. That's Uh, fine. At the end of this episode, Richard will no doubt sing it for us. (laughs) I was about to say, that's going to be the after credit sneak. You would. (laughs) Another thing that I noted was that there's a lot of stuff in future credits appears yeah not just in this episode but particularly in this sequence there's two actually there's graham's pants exploding yes uh where he's where he's pumping up the tire on the car and uh the bit where the spanish driver's running off after he gets knocked into the tires yes i'd always assumed it was one of the goodies in those tires and it's not it's the the spanish senor gaspatio yeah only at that point we cut to the ads which is about 18 and a half, 19 mm. minutes into the episode. Yeah. So there's actually, once the ads are finished, there's actually only about eight or nine minutes of the episode left. And most of that's all action, because from there they then get into the race proper, which, having had their car sabotaged, Graham's motorised their home. Yes. Good old Graham. Good old Graham. It, it starts with a very nice sequence where Graham is saying, oh, I've turned our house into a car and Bill, Bill's just hearing. Of course you have, yes. I'm sure it's a lovely car and... And Tim's like, yes, brum, brum. Like, yes, and then, of course, and then, of course, Bill and Graham are like, you memory has gone a bit stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he has actually motorised the car, which, again, when we talk about effects, let's face it, that wasn't a bad one either, a, a house being driven along. No, well, I suppose the actual house itself is mounted on a truck, or if you're British, it's mounted on a lorry, <laughs> so you can drive it around. And then, of course, we get into the race proper. You have the contestants there and they have to run to their car and get started. Now, there's another contestant uh, seemingly comes from nowhere, which is the bloke with the car with the old crank handle on it. Yeah. Uh, who we haven't seen to that point, but he gets knocked out of the race almost immediately. So uh, that's quite good. I, I did have a note here that when they stop at the pedestrian crossing, that's very obviously somewhere else that's been inserted. Mm. And then it's not on the racetrack. But... No, but look, all this sequence... Look, I... I wasn't brilliantly enamoured with it and I wasn't laughing a lot but I was impressed by it like it's brilliantly done the way it's filmed as you said Richard the stunts yeah. it's I, very clever I thought it was really well done taking that office around a, a racetrack that that thing must have been a nightmare I would mm. think to, to actually try and handle mm. I mean clearly look they're not going at any sort of speed I wouldn't have thought but even so 
No, but you've also got the bit where the goodies come out and go up the ladder onto the roof. Well, that's the thing. Which that, I assume was actually done it, for it, real. It is actually them on the roof of that thing as yeah. it's going along. That that really is... I mean, as you said, it's not obviously going at any real speed, but, but even, even so... going at any speed. They're at least 15, 20 feet off the ground, so... Yeah, and hanging on for dear life yeah. on the roof. Plus, of course, you have the sequence where, where the Baron climbs out of his car, climbs yes. up the roof, drops the grenade down and comes back and the car's keeping perfect pace with and, him. Look, and that's where some of the pleasure of episodes like this... Comes. Not only with the, with the humour, but there's the sort of action, there's the adventure bit there. Where you, as, as a child, you know, your heroes are just doing these sort of amazing things. You know, they're clambering up the side of a house while it's moving along on the back of a, apparently a truck and, and that sort of thing. It's, it's, it's entertaining. The race continues for a bit and the Baron is then knocked out. And at that point, of course, they then realise they've actually lost control of the house. Yes. <laughs> Which then leads us into our next sequence. They have the bloke with the, uh, the pizzoir, I think it's called which comes adrift and winds up in front of the policeman who just needs to go. Yes, because, of course, at this point, they're trying to find something to anchor the house to. It reminded me of the monorail sequence from um, <laughs> from The Simpsons where they're trying to anchor the monorail. Yeah, yeah their, stop their great thing is just to find something solid to hang on to. Yeah. I did have a note where they go through the middle of the can-can dancing. Those poor can-can girls are really running for quite a long way in front mm. of the house. Yes, that's a good you know, couple of hundred feet there. Oh, uh, and then some, I think. As the Plus, camera pans across, they're, they're going the full length. Yeah, they, they really are having to move quite some distance. And they do it well because it's in unison also. Yeah. They're, they're keeping pace, so... And, of course, the thing is, the goodies, having been thrown out of the house, of course, don't just wait for it to crash into something. They decide that they'll get back in. <laughs> <laughs> Try and get control. They don't, and they're about to go over a cliff. Pull the emergency lever. I, I really like that sequence there where Graham is actually doing the countdown, and then he counts down again, doesn't he? Yes. yes. And then they pull the lever. And... The thing is, the lever's stuck, and it goes, yes. It can't be stuck! <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're right, him, him being completely calm, doing two calm countdowns, pause, relax, and then he just snaps into, Oh my God, it's not working. <laughs> was very funny and the final visual gag what did we make of that one when it comes over the cliff and of course you are expecting that it's just going to crash down into the sea or whatever but out come the wings <laughs> i liked it i liked it a lot actually yeah it was very clever very well did. done. No, I did. That, that I final did shot, that model shot, I suppose. Yes. Well, not clearly. <laughs> no, what no else it's, not a, it's not a real flying house. <laughs> Drive the no. house over the cliff into the sun. Um, yes. It's, lovely, it's a lovely piece of uh, model work. Yeah, and, and a fitting finish to the episode, I thought. Uh, look, this, you know, it's not a outright classic, but I laughed a lot in this one. It's a very fun episode. I, I thought that the, the last sequence where the, after the, the Baron is knocked out, I thought it was a real masterclass in sort of build up, build up, build up, and then... Literally take off. Yeah. Literally take off. Yeah, that's good. No, I, I thought this was a great episode and a really, really solid end of the season. Yeah, that's true as well. That's good. Well, we'll move on then to our regular segments. We have, for the last time. Yes, last uh, last time until we get to string. Yes. We have ads. We do. And again, we have two. And, and a fitting one to finish off the run. So our final Heens Means Beans ad. Where the... Joke is that Tim gets it right. You hear Graham saying, My God, he got it right. And then the set falls. <laughs> I thought that was a really good one. And at the time, I didn't realise it was the final one. But when you know that and you see it, it actually is a really nice finish to that whole set of ads that we know and love. No, that's really well done. What I like best to eat not fish, not meat, not spuds, nor greens. What I like best is Heen's baked beans. He's got it right. The lad's done it. He got it right. 
And then, of course, the second ad, the, the Fly Me Airline hostesses ad. Yes. That's a strange one. Well, yeah. that, that's a real ad. Yeah, it's obviously yeah. It's a contemporary again, ad. Again, it's a send-up of a real ad. And, and I suppose, because it was always, you know, you have the, the three attractive stewardesses come out. So, of course, you get two very attractive, and then Tim in drag. The first two were going, obviously, the, the two attractive ones are going to very exotic locations, and then out comes Tim in drag. I'm Gladys, fly me to Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, it was weird, but I did laugh. A little surreal, a little surreal ending there, where the pilot jumps on the back. Suddenly jumps on her back, and he <laughs> 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 off, flapping, <laughs> flapping his <laughs> yeah. Flapping his arms. If we're talking about it, it's quite amusing. <laughs> No, I, d- I did quite like it. Weird though it was. Uh, tropes and firsts. I've got a couple here. Well, we've got a patriotic speech. We have. We've got an Eddie Waring impression. Yes. Any others? No, other than to say that that speech, I really love that. That was great. <laughs> Let them remember Agincourt. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, and Blenheim. So, yes. yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, that was a good little one. Well, I mean, he goes on about good old John Bull, greasy wops, frogs, krauts, and Luxembourgers. <laughs> the Luxembourgers makes it, doesn't it? Yes, it does, yeah. <laughs> but nice bit of silliness at the end. It is. What couldn't they get away with today? Well, again, the, the note I have, I, it doesn't appear to have been cut when it was screened here on the ABC. The only one I had was probably the Everletty battery. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that you'd do that. That's probably a little bit too mean O'Reilly. Uh, I think uh, perhaps for yes. now. Look, the outrage industry on the internet would probably burn down if they saw the sort of the Japanese stereotyping well, and even it's... the other stereotyping that appears. We're probably 20 years ago from Krusty getting taken off the air for doing a joke of that nature, so... <laughs> <laughs> you know. Ah, uh, the Simpsons. Yeah, that's right. Would the relentless stereotyping of the French get, a, you get away with that, I suppose? Well, I mean, there's, there's lots of uh, stripy shirts, berets yeah. and, 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 and neckerchiefs. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that the French are always a um, fair target. <laughs> <laughs> Cheese-eating surrender monkeys. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say, I think that was probably every striped top the BBC had in their wardrobe <laughs> department, I would think. Yes. Our favourite gags, Richard? I'm actually going to go for the driving instruction lesson. I think that, that, that was a great little sequence. Rob? Look, I've, I've written out a whole list of, you know, best lines and psych gags. I mean, even that, the gag where uh, Bill is underneath the car working on it and they got the, all the legs everywhere, legs akimbo and all that sort of thing. I can go with anything, you know, Graham inflating his pants and then they explode or Graham just losing his rag completely and, and you know, pulling out the, uh, the brake and going, there's that blasted brake. Um, <laughs> there's a lot in this uh, that I really enjoyed. The thing that I, I suppose I most enjoyed watching was the can-can routine. You know, that was a fairly strenuous thing to do when it was amusing. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of good choices there. If I can't have the learning to drive sequence because Richard's already taken it, I'll go for Graham's conversation over the phone in French, which which is Graham doing lots of funny French words and voices and uh, very happy with that. So, yeah, look, lots of gags in this one. Just lots of gags. Well, it's as you said at the start of the series, you know, a number of weeks ago, that they're basically at that point where... Every single scene is chock full of gags. Yeah. And they're not missing a trick at this point in their run. No, they're really setting themselves up for the next season, which I think is where they really hit just classic after classic. Oh, I think so. There's some really good stuff coming up over the next few weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we'll be back in a week's time, as usual, with the start of Season 5, which is The Movings. But on your way to get a ticket to those films, maybe you'll take a walk through the Black Forest. 
You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum. Let's try a little road sign recognition. Recognize that? Yeah, it's a road sign. Very good.